0: Hello, and welcome to Story of the Book, where middle grade YA and picture book authors tell the stories of their books from beginning to end. I'm Haley Chewins. I write books about magical girls with secrets. And I'm Lindsay Eager. I write books about growing
1: up in this weird, wondrous world. And we're so very happy to have you here. Let's get started.
0: Lindsay! <laughs> okay I have a question for you about writing about the writing life this mm. path that we are on I'm listening I would like to know how you deal with continuing to create after failure so let's say you have like a huge setback you send something to someone and they hate it or you have a bunch of rejections or any kind of creative failure mm-hmm. How do you kind of take care of yourself after that to continue to create? Yeah, good question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And
1: something that I've thought about a lot lately, because I when I zoom out and look sort of at my own sort of writing career since I started really pursuing publication, let's say, in like 2012, 2013. there's been a lot of failures and a lot of them I've, I've been very, very fortunate. I have not racked up hundreds of rejections. I was really lucky and found an agent the first time I looked and I was really lucky and sold my book. The first time that we went out on submission pretty quickly. And I have sold multiple books without Mm -hmm. a ton of rejections. So I have been very fortunate on, on that front. And also my books have been pretty well received too. Um, yeah. you know, they. so I, I just have to say that right off the bat that the majority of these sort of failures that I've have had have been very much like potentially invisible to a lot of people because they've been sort of on my side of the desk and between me and the page and me specifically, usually me and, what I've said that I could get done <laughs> like my right. own sort yeah. of ambitions and falling short of my own goals and falling short of my own sort of, yeah, like, like um, sort of the, the equivalent of um, ordering at a restaurant much more than you can possibly eat. That's sort of been mm. kind of um, the way that my writing failures have, have stacked up over the years. Um, And in some ways it feels like I'm currently like eating a lot of crow, like really having to be like, you know, five years ago, I really wanted to write everything and sell everything. And here I am five years later. And I have not done that. I've been incredibly Mm. productive um, and yet still have not um, exploded the way that Mm -hmm. I thought I would or hoped I would. Um, and again, a lot of that is invisible. A lot of that is just me having a really hard time finishing projects. I'm great at starting projects, not so great at finishing them. Um, and it, it has, yeah, it's a lot of failure, I guess, stacking up if I, if I want to look at it, there's, there's been a lot of it. Um, however, first of all, I've always been good at failing. I grew, I was very lucky to grow up in a family that was very encouraging of trying things, even if you're bad at them. I think some, Hmm. I think some people grow up in households where you are encouraged. You you are discouraged from doing anything that might make you look silly. Um, and that just wasn't my household growing up. Fortunately, so I so I've always been very lucky that way, and that it's just not built into my sort of psyche to um, to fear failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in fact, I would even say, like my my own sort of philosophy on failure has always been related to you know the saying of like. Shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you'll land among the stars. That's sort of how I've always seen failure. Like it's a failure, but it's still worth turning around and seeing how far you've gotten. Eighty yeah. percent of the way there is still better than zero percent, and it's okay if it wasn't a hundred because eighty percent is great. Right? And failure yeah. means you've tried all of that. All of that is absolutely how I've always seen it. So, um, however all those failures after a while, they hurt a little, they, it it hurts to land among the stars over and over. You get kind of bruised. And there, there was a stretch last year um, when I was explaining to my husband, how I just feel like my brain has literally forgotten what it's like to actually complete a goal because Mm -hmm. I'm so used to psychologically maneuvering things so that When I don't hit my goals, I'm like, oh, that's okay. Like I still tried or like I got so far. Um, Like I just wanted to retrain my brain to like expect to complete goals and expect winning rather than justifying failure. Um, So it's something that I've looked at a lot. And the way that you asked this question Haley is actually perfect and is actually exactly what I think about it. You said, how do you take care of yourself
0: Yeah,
1: uh, when you fail? And I honestly think that is a huge component of how to deal with failure is it's not about the failure. It's about your self-care plan afterwards for when you fail, because it is inevitable, no matter what field you're in, no matter like how on top of the world you are in the publishing industry, failure will come. And if you don't have a pretty solid plan for how to take care of yourself afterwards, then failure is going to be something you avoid at all costs. Because again, it's not really about the failure. Um, It's about like, do I have, yeah, do I have the plan for how to recover from it?
0: Um, Yeah. Like how to keep going. Cause I, yeah, I do think that's like the, that would be the ultimate failure would be for you to stop. Like let's say you write a book and it goes on submission and it gets rejected by everyone or by a whole bunch of people. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm obviously not good at this. I'm going to stop. Right. Which could be, well, no, I was just going to say
1: that could be your plan for recovery from failure is to say, no, this is causing too much pain and I am worth more than the pain this is causing. Yeah, that could be right for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just understanding that like, after I fail, um, I go through sort of a very defiant, almost like denial period where I am like, well, oh, well, like, um, you can't blame me for trying and I get points for trying and I am really good. This was just like another little failure because you have to put yourself out there. Like a lot of, a lot of very like puffing myself up kind of talk, which is good. Um, and making myself feel bigger than the thing that I was, it's almost the equivalent of like, well, I didn't want that anyway, which is another tactic that I think a lot of people do if they fail to try to say, well, Mm, that wasn't right for me anyway or actually i decided those people are idiots and i didn't want to work with them anyway oh my furnace just kicked on so it's kind of loud and noisy that's okay oh well that's we're okay. going to deal with it um <laughs> so i i do go through that period and then after um after probably some uh some time passing i do uh, of course i go through a morning period and yeah. um and take lots of walks and listen to lots of music and try really hard to pick myself up. Um, I'm not someone, Oh my gosh, that's so loud. Sorry. I'm not someone who, <laughs> who um, normally needs to wallow. I'm somebody who very much likes to just pop back up and go on to the next action plan. Um, just like in general, in my life, that's just like who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I, I'm not actually feeling those feelings very privately. I don't Mm -hmm. publicly usually talk about the sadness and the grief that follows after a plan that didn't work out because of failure, but I for sure feel those things and, um, and absolutely have some probably less than lovely self-talk. Although that's something that I'm also currently investigating. Um, Just my self-talk is not always as on the surface cruel as some other people's self-talk, but that doesn't mean it's not cruel in its own way. My Mm. expectations for myself are very high. And I've mm-hmm. always thought, well, that's not because I'm mean to myself. That's because I think the world of myself and know what I'm capable of. And I just don't know if there's really actually that big a difference between the two. Um, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. So that's something that I'm trying to unravel. But that, again, that's a, a lifetime of, of my relationship with myself that I'm trying to magnify and explore and decide, like, is this actually serving me? I'm not sure. Um, And then after that, after that sort of mourning period and sad period is absolutely the action period. I'm, I jump back up, I'm ready to make a plan and either try again with whatever I failed at or move on to something else and try to learn from what I failed. So, so I would say like my, my recovery from failure is, is a pretty swift one, maybe compared Mm. to people who, just need more time to process. Um, and it's also a much more solitary one. Like I, I feel like I very rarely like I'll vent to friends or to my husband. Um, but I'm, I'm very rarely like seeking advice or wisdom or, um, or even like comfort Mm. from, from loved ones or even from professional, like, you know, if my editor rejected me, it'd be very un unlikely for me personally to then go you know ask for follow-up for more information about it I just am hmm. much more independent that way yeah and I I don't mean independent in like a positive way here I think I think isolating might be more isolating uh, yeah, yeah yeah um yeah. Just, yeah. I, I'd rather just handle it and process it on my own. Uh, and that is, um, again, like a, a positive thing and also maybe like a not so positive thing. So, um, so I guess like recognizing those stages of post failure in myself and trying to be intentional with it. And then of course, noticing when I'm needing a distraction from it, noticing when I'm procrastinating, noticing, just trying to notice the negative emotions that, um, that follow a failure and, and let them happen intentionally and, and just being kind to myself. And then one more thing, and then I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, just, I bounce back from failure because like, this is my job, my job as a, as a published writer, even if I wasn't published, the job of, of writing, the act of writing is is a job of failing constantly. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't just mean rejections and like sort of, uh, public failures that way, or, or, you know, failures bestowed upon you by somebody else. Um, the act of writing a book sort of is an exercise in failure, you know, and and it's, it's sort of an exercise because you never fully get the book how you picture it in your head. You just don't, it's futile. Mm -hmm. You're taking something that's abstract and very visual and very personal and trying to turn it into words on a page. Um, and so there's, there's always a, a sort of gap between what you end up writing and what you initially thought it would be like. And it's sad in some ways if, if you want to focus on that, but also it just means that, um, the act of writing and certainly the act of you know navigating publishing um which those two things sometimes overlap and sometimes don't um it the whole thing is like an exercise in mitigating and navigating failure and deciding on th- things that you're willing to trade and things that you aren't I, you know things that like are you willing I don't like. Are you willing to fail today, or or are you not? And are you willing to fail in big ways today, and are you not? And if you fail mm-hmm. in this way, what's going to be the emotional repercussions for you, or the the repercussions on your work? And is it worth it today? So it's like a mm-hmm. constant negotiation with failure, sort of like learning an instrument. In that way, you just know when you're learning an instrument and you're learning a new song it's just going to be failure every day and it's going to sound really bad for a really long time yeah and then it comes together um yeah
0: and that's right you get how hard it was and you start again <laughs> exactly exactly
1: you you yeah. have to forget you have to or else yeah. you would never do it again um mm-hmm. and i feel like that's writing it's it's failure every day mm-hmm. and it's it's I'm not going to say that it's beautiful because it's not. <laughs> like I don't I don't think failure is beautiful. I don't think it needs to be romanticized. It's hard. Um and some days it's worth it and some days it it's not and it's up to you to sort of mitigate that and um and sort of track your own levels that way.
0: I think the best advice I've read about failure is in The Artist's Way um by Julia Cameron. And she talks about how as an artist your your artistic self is permanently a child it's always a child and so when you have a big failure or a big rejection or someone says something hurtful to you because that's the other thing sometimes it can be a formal rejection sometimes it can just be someone you let read your work and they're like oh this is really bad or you should give up or you can't write Um, which yeah I mean I can't believe there are people in the world who would say that to someone but there are and sometimes we hear those things um when you have a hurt like that or a rejection like that the part of you that's hurting is a child I just find that really like a really interesting framework for it because the rational part of your brain will be like oh no but like I'm fine, I'm an adult. I can take anything. And like, especially as professional writers, we tend to think, well, this is just part of the job. It's part of the job to get rejected. Even if you're querying and you hear people say, Well, you've got to get a hundred rejections on a book before you give up on it. And so you're just plowing through with those rejections and you're doing it. And of course, that's it's cool to have that part of you that is the grown-up that says, Oh, we're gonna do this, even though it hurts, even though it's scary, even though it's gonna be uncomfortable, we're gonna do it anyway. But there's the part of you, the part of you that creates is not that rational, like grown up part of you. It's a part of you that's um, really sensitive, really vulnerable, has a really soft heart. And um, that's the part of you that you have to create from. Well, anyway, I believe that, that you can't really create from a hard hearted or shielded or... Yeah, like um, you can't really create from that place. You have to create from a place of softness and vulnerability and sensitivity. And so sometimes it's hard to balance between, you know, remaining really soft, but then also having the armor so that you can get through the hard stuff. So yeah, so I, I think that the best advice I've heard has been to treat that part of you that's hurt like the child that it is. And to do whatever it takes to make that child feel safe again. Mm. Um, because I think we have to feel safe to be able to create. Mm-hmm. And so how do you make yourself feel safe? Well, sometimes it is going, okay, I'm going to take a step back and take a break. And I'm not going to write for a little bit. Or I've definitely had experiences where I've submitted something and then felt like, all of a sudden that creative tap gets like turned off. And it's not even that I've received feedback. It's just, I've I finished something, submitted it. And now suddenly I feel terrified and I need to go back into the shell, <laughs> my little turtle shell and like not make anything and pretend that I didn't do that. And it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's that like taking a step back and not, not making things for a little bit. And sometimes it's, about like, just doing really basic comforting things for yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit on the sofa under a blanket and watch my favorite movie that I've seen 20 times already, or 100 times. Or I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and read one of my favorite books. Or I'm going to go to the bookshop and buy a new book just for Mm -hmm. me, just a book that I want to read. Maybe even a book that isn't in the genre that I write, or that doesn't feel connected to like, because sometimes you read books because you're like, oh, research, or yep. you know, this is a similar genre to the book I want to read, I want to write. So I'm gonna read lots of them. Um, sometimes just reading a book that's like completely left field for you and just yeah. just for fun, just for yeah. enjoyment. Um, or just spending time with people who love you who do not write or who do not make the kind of things that you want to make or aren't involved in publishing. Yeah. Just to be reminded like yeah, this is a huge part of my identity, but it's not my whole identity.
1: Mm, like everything
0: is. It, <laughs> it, it hurts does. to do.
1: If, Cause that in itself feels like a failure.
0: Do you think so?
1: Well, it, it can to me. Yeah. yeah. It can yeah. to me.
0: Um, I guess. Cause yeah, it's like letting go. Well. That identity in a way.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and what I'm noticing and thinking about right now is the only times when I, when I sort of feel like I need to proclaim that or be, or remind myself like, oh, I'm actually more than just a writer and writing, you know, I'm a whole person. I'm, I have other things and other people in my life. The only times when I really remind myself of that are when I'm retreating from failure. And so I have that negative yeah. association there. So I should probably do that in very celebratory ways and not just as a defense.
0: Well, I mean, to be honest, same. It's, it's yeah. absolutely a defense because it's like, yeah, it's, um, it always comes out of, I guess, the, the failure to stake your entire identity and sense of success and sense of wholeness on yeah. a book being successful. For me, um, dealing with de- a, a big part of dealing with a failure is giving myself permission to take a break, take a step mm. back and just look after yourself, you as a person, you as an artist,
1: Yeah.
0: feed your soul, give yourself whatever comforts you happen to need, spend time with people who love you, and then slowly make your way back to yeah. doing this thing that you love that you did long before you wanted to be published and long before you ever had a submission or an editor <laughs> or a contract yeah. or anything like that something because for me writing is something that I've literally done since I was four years old because well I wouldn't even say because I loved it because yes I do love it but because I had to do it it's like breathing it's like I can't imagine life without it and that's why I do it yeah you know um yeah. So I do, I do think like literally taking care of yourself is in like feeding yourself, going for walks, getting some sunshine, spending time with people you love. That stuff is super important after a failure. Yeah. Giving yourself a lot of room and space to be sad, giving yourself a lot of gentleness for what happened I don't know it's yeah to to not be like punitive with yourself and again thinking of yourself as a child thinking of that part of you that wrote the book as a child really helps because we can always be gentler towards seven-year-olds our seven-year-old self than our like 30-year-old self
1: yeah so we're pro-failure on this podcast
0: we are we are pro-failure and we are pro-gentleness yeah we are Thank you so much for listening to Story of the Book. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Or give us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay safe and keep writing. Bye. Bye.